0: Fans, and welcome to another episode of Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue White Sports Podcasting Network. Thank you for joining me again this week. A week in which the real stuff is about to get started with the preseason now out of the way. It's now time to find out if what we saw in preseason is a sign of things to come. ...or just a random sample of good fortune, we'll of course learn all that in the coming weeks, but without having that knowledge on hand just yet, what I thought we could do today is focus on some of the biggest storylines that have emerged during the off-season and pre-season... And I wanted to do so with a special guest today, one who you all probably listened to when you set your dial to ESPN 1000. He's a mad Bulls fan, as well as being the co-host of the hugely successful Waddle & Sylvie show. He's Mark Sylvie Silverman, and he's here making his Bulls HQ return. Sylvie, thanks for jumping on the show, mate.
1: It's always a pleasure. I love uh, chatting on uh, Twitter and sharing Bulls thoughts. It always blows me away that you're in Australia.
0: Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a bit stupid sometimes having to... Uh, Follow the team from the broad. I would. I would much rather be in Chicago at this time of the year. But maybe one day. Maybe one day. But I appreciate yeah, you coming yeah. on, mate. Soon
1: you won't. Soon you won't want to be in Chicago because it's going to get bad soon.
0: Yeah. Look, I was looking into it. I was thinking of maybe coming in around February, March. But then I was looking at the the temperature in in, in that time, and it's colder than our winter. And that's definitely oh, not your winter at that
1: point. In March, and that's the most frustrating part about our winter. Is that it just doesn't even go through March anymore. Sometimes it goes through April and sometimes May stinks too.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, that's not ideal. <laughs> so I've, i was, no. <laughs> so I was looking into it, I was I was checking it, uh checking out the the temperature and all that sort of stuff. I was like, oh I might have to rethink this, but uh, one day we'll get there one day. But uh, I wanted to get you on today yeah, yeah. to to talk Bulls because I know obviously well, everyone knows that on your show, you're obviously always talking football, you're talking baseball, and for good reason. I mean, those sports are either starting or they've hit their apex, so it makes sense to be covering off those sports, particularly the Chicago teams, given what is going on in those sports. But uh, I'm assuming the Bulls coverage will increase over the next coming weeks, hopefully probably even a little bit more, assuming the team is actually half decent, but uh, we'll wait and see about that. But I thought we could have a bit of a, an extended stretch here, just getting your takes and your views on this upcoming Bull season. So what I've done is I've just highlighted some key things that I've sort of pointed out or I've got on my mind, I guess, heading into this season. and just wanted to get your takes. So hoping you're all good with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I saw what you tweeted and, uh, you know, a couple days ago about like uh, there's a good vibe around this team. And I, I've been tweeting about that, too. And as much as I've been down on them in, you know, in recent years or for moves for silly moves here and there, I think, you know, this year is going to be a more exciting season where we can sit down and actually enjoy basketball and root for wins and, and not get like bad games in a row, there's always going to be a bad game, but I don't think we're going to get like two, three, four games in a row that are bad like in the previous couple years of the rebuild. I, exp- I hope that this team is consistently at least competing to win games here night in and night out. And, you know, we talked a little about them today and we will talk about them more, but yeah, I- I'm excited for the season.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I think part of that is clearly we have more talent on this roster, and the talent that was already here is maybe taking a few steps forward, and and obviously that's exciting as well, and I guess we can start with that. We can start with Zach Levine. He's probably been the best player throughout preseason. He's looked poised to take another step. He's made it clear, at least from himself, that he wants to be an all-star this season. That's a goal he has, and based on what we've seen in preseason, it's something that seems probably more attainable than ever, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on Maybe just your take on Levine more generally, his mission to maybe hit the All Star Game, and if you think he potentially makes, and obviously the, the All Star Game is in Chicago, it would be nice to have a Chicago Bulls player in it. But do you, do you think he can make it into yeah. the All Star Game?
1: Yeah, I, I I think he can, and I think you know, I think for a lot of Bulls fans, and I don't know I'll, if it's the majority, if it's if I'm in a smaller group or not. You know, first I'll I'll say that I want to see Zach Levine sort of. I, I wanna love him as a player. I like him as a player right now. So let's start there. Like I I I think Zach Levine is a nice player. I think um the the question that we have, while he can score, is he a winning type player? Is he an efficient player? And is he gonna lead? Is he gonna take the next step? I know he hasn't liked that he's been taking crap about his defense, but you know, I think and that's how you you measure that over eighty-two games. So will he make guys around him better? Um, We know he's going to score. So that's what I want to see, like not only about an all-star, but for me, like I like him. I don't know how you feel about him. I mean, I don't dislike him. I like him, but I want to be able to love Zach Levine. And
0: um, I think that's a big challenge this year to see, see if he can grow as a player. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, the only player I love on this roster is probably Wendell Carter. I like Zach Zach Levine. I think he can be a very good player. And I like the fact that he's taking steps. And I like the fact that we don't even think about his ACL injury anymore. I mean, he deserves credit for that, I think, the way he's bounced back from that. So I I certainly understand the point you're making. And I think he's out to prove it this season. A lot of him sort of advancing to that all-star game if he can get there I guess is doing the things that you sort of just sort of mentioned so we'll see if he can do that but like I mentioned before the all-star game is in Chicago this year and not only has there been talk about him entering the All Star game, but potentially the dunk competition. So I wanted to know from you, um, given that you are in Chicago, are you prepared to get out there, maybe, and be part of his dunk routine? Maybe you could throw him a lob yeah. or two um, as he flies his way to a, a perfect fifty, something like that.
1: That that you know what? That's that may be a good bit for the show to like try <laughs> to convince Zach between now and February, if uh, if there's somehow some way we could be a part of. Uh, You know, like a prop or jump over or something like that. That's pretty (laughs) funny. I may steal that from you, Mark. But, you know, it's funny because when, you know, I I think you're much younger than me. um, But in 1988, uh, the last time the the All-Star Game was in Chicago at the Chicago Stadium, I was a, I think, so that was February of 88. I was a junior in high school. And I went with my grandfather. You know, we grew up with season tickets uh, in our family for the Bulls well before Michael got here. But in 88, yeah, I went to not only the slam dunk competition, I went to uh, the All-Star game when MJ was the MVP uh, in tickets with tickets as fans. So. I had a lot of great memories then and it will be and like, I think it's good that Jerry Reinsdorf finally decided he was convinced, I think, by his grandson because he's he hasn't wanted it back. He thinks it's too much of a headache. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be a big party here in Chicago for the few days when all the NBA gets to town.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if the Bulls are cooking as well, it just adds to it as well. So hopefully, fingers crossed that that's the case. And if Levine's not at least in the dunk comp, maybe he can be in the uh, the All-Star game too. That, that would be amazing for the city, for the team, for the fans, etc. But I guess the other foundational player of this franchise or this rebuild, I guess, uh, is Lowry Markman. And I wanted to get your takes on Lowry because this is something I've been talking about on my show recently. It's probably something I get pushed back on a little bit because... He is still the golden child to a degree, but I haven't necessarily loved what he has been doing in preseason. Obviously, he's had some, some br- really truly bright moments throughout his first two seasons in the league, but again, it's preseason, so it's only a small sample, but I haven't necessarily liked the way that he hasn't asserted himself within the offense, but I, I just wanted to get your takes on what you've seen from Larry marketing during preseason, and The way he's carried himself in preseason, and and if you think he's ready to take that sort of step that maybe Zach Levine is almost ready to be making himself. It's a great point because, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of optimism around
1: a lot of guys, and you wonder, is he truly going to be a star? I still try, Mark, not to put too much stack into the preseason, you know, whether it's the summer league stuff that we've seen good from some players like Tony Snell and Doug McDermott. And then they were never really great in bulls uniforms or bad, like Derek Rose and Kobe white did a bad summer, like now a good preseason. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's a sign of things to come. I do want him to be like, I woke month. Was it last year? February. The, the, he had, yeah. That February month, it was awesome. And, and like, that's what you want to see. And you want to see him not get tired this year. And you want to see him not hit that wall. It's already been a couple of seasons in the league. He's gotten stronger. You know, it's, I feel like I I know, I don't know how much you follow American football, but I put sort of Trubisky and marketing in the same category in prove it years. And don't get me wrong. I like marketing better than Trubisky and marketing a better player in basketball than Trubisky is in football. But like, there's a lot of pressure on Trubisky this year in football. And I think, you know, there is a lot of pressure on Markinen to see if he could be the guy, because I think if he's the best player on the bulls, then I think the bulls can take the next step. I don't, I don't want Zach Levine to be the best player on the bulls. I don't believe Zach Levine's a top two player on a championship team. I want Lowry marketing to be a stud and to be, oh, a, 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 at least a one, a, if not a one, um, even if he's a solid two guy, if you could get another star around him, but I think things fall into place better if Lowry marketing is is your best player.
0: That makes sense. A lot of people share that same view, so I, I t- totally understand it. So we'll see if that happens. I, I mean, I, I, like I said, it's just preseason thus far. It's only five games, but I haven't necessarily right. loved to what I've seen just yet, and to answer your question about the A- NFL, I don't really follow it. I guess the only thing I, I really know about the NFL is based on what I see on Twitter, and the only thing I really see on Twitter about Mitch Trubisky is the fact is that he stinks. <laughs> yeah. That that <laughs> and the fact that he's not Patrick Mahomes and uh the other quarterback who's supposedly yeah. good that they should have drafted. So Deshaun uh, Watson, yeah. yeah. That's my extent of my bears' knowledge. It's it's probably the whining I see on Twitter, which I kind of understand. But uh hopefully that Markinen and Trubisky comparison doesn't come to uh fruition, I suppose, basically. Right, right, Everything we and just again, sort of he's, noted. He, he's so much better than Trubisky too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah.
1: his floor, you already know where his floor is, but The Bulls are going to get really good if the ceiling's high not if the floor is high.
0: Yes, 100%. I think you're, you're 100% correct in that. And look, it's been probably a year since we last spoke on here. And I th- actually, I think the last time we actually spoke was when I dialed into your show. And um, I dialed in because that was when the Bulls fired Fred Hoiberg. And I haven't necessarily gotten your take on this show, at least about Jim Boylan. But uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts on how that perception of Jim Boylan for yourself may have changed over the last sort of few months in, in the offseason, maybe even preseason as Well, versus where your take may have been on the coach, maybe say six months ago, because I've liked what I've seen in preseason thus far. Again, it's it's preseason; it's a small sample. We need to see how it carries over into the regular season. But uh, I'm just wanting to get your more general, holistic thoughts of uh, Jim Boylan.
1: Yeah, I mean, last year was a mess, and I didn't like a lot of things about it. I mean, I I was never a Fred guy. I'm not a C-Red Fred guy either. Um, but no, and it was funny because one of the last times I talked to you too is when we had C-Red Fred on this podcast to sort of muck it up. And, uh, you know, now we have more time to talk. It's, he says hello, him, by Rob, the way, and he says yeah, that 37
0: wins is too low.
1: I know he does. Of course he does. He's always going to say that. Of course. And of Denzel course. Valentine's not even in the rotation. And he's been telling us how great he's going to be. But, like, I, you know... I I just didn't like the way a lot of that stuff went down and I'm not just talking about like the practice stuff when they wanted to revolt. Um, But, but I felt like he was a part of the issue, even under Fred. I mean, he was Fred's top assistant on a guy who had no NBA experience as far as coaching. So, you know, if you're the lead assistant and your players aren't in shape, that's partly on you too. And I felt like there was a lot of backstabbing going on and, and he he had been angling for that job. Um, I, I'll, I'll give him a chance this year. I mean, I still don't truly believe that Jim Boylan is going to be a long term answer for the Bulls. I hope he proves me wrong. Um, it seems like they've all bought in. Uh, it seems like whatever they had last year, they're all over that stuff. This team is unified. This team is 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 they're playing with more pace and space now, and some of the players that they've gotten. has helped that I think Sadoransky is going to be great in that regard and he's going to share the basketball and Kobe White's going to make them play fast but you know I I just I want to see more again from Boylan you know it's all good in the preseason but I'd like to see especially too when they hit a couple of speed bumps in the season when they're hit with a little adversity if they're able to get over the adversity quicker than they have in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, look, I think he deserves some credit for... Look, I I was basically over the entire offseason and in, in the lead-up to preseason as well, talk was cheap for me uh, based on what we saw last season. I wanted to see some production and, again, preseason, sample size, all that sort of caveats. But it has been a completely different look for the Bulls through preseason. They've modernized their offense to a degree. I don't know how much of that's on Boylan versus how much of that's on the new assistant coach, Chris Fleming, but the offense right. is clearly has been remodeled the team has taken basically or just under 43 point attempts during their five preseason games which is so much more than what they were doing all of last season so two-part question here but how ready are you to finally see some decent offense being played in the united center and do you think this new brand of offense will hold true over the course of the season or is it more likely that they revert more so to uh what we sort of had to be subjected to last season unfortunately
1: yeah, if it does, Mark, we're in trouble. Then I mean, you know, the Bulls have the, you know, the Bulls have been behind the trends on some of these things. You know, they were behind the NBA times with Tibbs on the rest stuff. You know, Tibbs wanted to get every ounce of every minute out of every player, and sure enough, the trend in the NBA, you know, since then has all become you know load management and, and things, and getting your stars healthy into the postseason, and whether when it's the offense that's playing up tempo. Uh, shooting a lot of threes the bulls weren't now again they didn't have the horses but now i think they do and i want to yes i mean there, there's a part of me i don't know what you think but it, the the stuff that i've watched in the preseason it sure the heck looks like all-star game level defense like while guys are getting in their shooting in and they're 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 looking to play and a lot of guys do play in the nba preseason i don't think anyone's really trying hard on defense so i hope when not the defense is great in the NBA in these days, but when defense does step up to the regular season pace that the Bulls continue to to play this high, high scoring offense where they shoot a lot of threes.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's certainly a good point. And, and just thinking about their last game against the Atlanta Hawks, a team who isn't going to be a good defensive team, the Bulls were able to get inside pretty easily. And that's obviously not going to be the case against a team like the Bucks, against a team like the Sixers, those good defensive squads. So it'll be interesting to see how it all, the, how defense across the league sort of picks up as we get started into this thing. But it, it does seem like this is going to be one of those rare occasions for a Bulls team where they're actually going to be better on offense than defense for a change. Usually it's, it's the reverse. Reverse. We've come to accept that in Chicago, but it seems like the offense has the potential to be a top 10 offense, whereas maybe on the defensive side of the ball, they could uh, maybe be bottom 10 if things don't go to plan.
1: Right. And then your guy, Wendell Carter, is going to have a lot to do with that. Yeah. And, yep. you know, the, it's just, you know, when I was out to dinner last night with a bunch of guys at the radio station, and a friend was texting me, he's like, Wendell's hurt again, the thumb. And I, like, and I know he, he shook it off and played through. I that like if there's anybody that I want to see healthy and just take another step it's him and he and he, he's been interrupted so much with every time you think he's going to get it and um you know it was a little bit rough in his rookie year but I talked to uh John Shire who's from here he's one of the uh assist he's the top assistant at Duke under coach K yeah. and he still swears to me that that Wendell's going to be great not good great and that he just loves them and and he thinks he's going to be really really good.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I concur. This is an extremely pro Wendell Carter podcast. I think he has the potential to actually be the best player on this roster and maybe not the most high high scoring player or you know the most notable player, but I think overall from an effectiveness standpoint, production, those sorts of things, I think he has that ability in him. So fingers crossed he stays healthy. I want to talk about the point guard situation now, but before I do, let's tell the listeners about this week's sponsors. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get all the best stories from the NBA and NFL, to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and it's free. Just go to sports.axios.com, not only will you be caught up, but you'll be the friend that's sharing an amazing link with all your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, there's no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free at sportsaxios.com. Let me also tell you guys about Indochino. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Custom is always the way to go folks, I don't know about you but my suit always fits so much better when it's custom to me rather than an off the rack suit and that's what Indochina is all about. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. You get to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and your own monogram. They have hundreds of suit options for all occasions, including work, formal events, and even your own wedding. The best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400 US. The ordering process is simple, just choose your fabric, pick your customizations and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and designed your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. That's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Alright, back to the podcast now. We're joined by Sylvie of ESPN 1000 in Chicago. You all know him, of course. Sylvia, so I want to talk point guards because that has been probably the the main talking point heading into this preseason slash regular season campaign that the Bulls are about to embark on. Obviously they they signed Tomas Sadaransky, they they brought in Kobe White through the draft, they re-signed Ryan Archie which I was very pleased about, and it sort of made it an interesting Conundrum, I guess, for 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 the coach in terms of how he rolls out his rotations, what it means for Chris Dunn and those sorts of things. But it, it's it looks pretty clear that Chris Dunn is coming off the bench, and Boylan is actually opting for running three point guards off the bench based on what he's been doing in preseason. So he's got Chris Dunn, Kobe White, and Ryan RT playing in his reserve unit out there. Just wanted to get your take on the uh, point guard situation more generally, but. The, uh, the idea of running multiple point guards off the bench, given that the Bulls don't necessarily have that wing depth that a lot of teams do have in the league.
1: Yeah, I like it. Uh, you know what I like? I I like that even though they've played Chris Dunn uh, off the bench, that it hasn't seemed to take away minutes from Kobe White. Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes on a yeah on a rebuilding team, a lot of times you'll get a conservative franchise. will be like, well, you know, he's only played a, his freshman year he's, and he's really not ready to get the minutes. I mean, this is a team still, um, that you hope Markin and Carter and Levine and Kobe white are all going to grow together as the core of this team. And the sooner we get it, the better, you know what I mean? Because as we mentioned with, with Markin and Wendell with their injury past, you never know how many chances these guys all have to play together. And, and what, what is that stat with all these guys who they've never really played together all of last year. So what I like is that Chris Dunn's got his role, the defense coming off the bench. He seems to accept it, run the offense, and Kobe White could be the combo guard where he could still play and he's like I don't want Chris Dunn to take playing time away from from Kobe White. That's just my main thing. So and I think Sateranski is going to be one of these guys. I mean, we've I, we've all read so much about him. You know, he was a very underrated player in Washington last year. And I thought it was a a pretty savvy move by the bulls to get him. So I think we're going to like him. I think he's going to be a very unselfish player. Then I I think we're going to love, I think we're going to fall in love with Kobe white. I mean, some of those moves look like Derek last night and I'm not saying he's going to be Derek Rose, but I think he's going to be really good. And uh, the more guys that we have who we want to buy jerseys from, you know, like if we're, if people, kids are going out wanting a Kobe white Jersey, That means the Bulls are going well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been super impressive in preseason. He's way ahead of where I thought he would be. I liked the pick at the time of the draft. I thought he could eventually become a good, decent player. One probably more suited in a six-man type of role, but he's basically already doing that you know, through five preseason games. We'll see if it carries on in the regular season once teams try to work out or understand how he plays and maybe they'll sort of game plan against him. We'll see if he can sort of bounce back or find a way around that. But thus far, it's been pretty damn impressive from kobe white so it clearly sounds like you're uh, you're impressed from what you've seen from the rookie thus far and you're not necessarily oh, yeah. too concerned about missing on a you know player x or player y whatever it may be
1: right no no and, and i was just happy whether they knew it and it was just good drafting and they did trade up i wanted one of the point guards and if they would have got you know with those two you know, if the, if the two teams in front of them would have taken both point guards and Kobe white wasn't left on the board, I would have probably been upset, but it sure seemed like they, it looked like they knew what they were doing. And I, whether they were or weren't, whether they did or did not, at least they got him. So I'm not going to complain about it. And, you know, and like I was saying about the Jersey thing, I I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old and, you know, I'm really big on getting them jerseys and stuff like that. And, and and growing up loving the teams that I loved, so they've both been to the United Center. They both have uh, Larry Markin in jerseys, but I, you know, I really think that this could be the flashy kid that we've been waiting for for a long time. I don't know how great he's going to be, but he he certainly plays with an edge and he plays with some excitement, and he's going to be fast from one end to the to the other of the court. So, like I I, I think you could hear me like what whether we talk about the possibilities of Wendell or if Lowry can step up and really, really be good. And then Zach Levine can just be your scorer, And, and Kobe white can be a really, really great young player who's so athletic and can shoot. Now we're starting to like enjoy players again. And then you hope that you can finally get a guy who's a true superstar to pair with all these young guys. And then we could start competing again for, for, for deep runs in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think I think unlike previous seasons, or at least the first couple rebuilding seasons, the well, the Bulls front office have actually supported their younger players with actual capable players out there, which makes it so much easier for a guy like Kobe White to just come in and do his thing from the get-go. I can't imagine how much more difficult it would be if he was sort of out there and playing in some dud lineups like we have sort of, saw, sort of seen over the last couple of years. So I can only imagine for a player like Kobe White but even for Zach Levine and and Larry Markin and being being out there with Otto Porter and Thad Young we mentioned Sadoransky before but even Luke Cornett guys that can sort of space the floor and open the floor up I, I can I can only imagine it makes it so much easier for a player like White or Levine or whoever it may be so what are your thoughts around the the free agent additions that the Bulls have made and it kind of seems like they've made uh, quite a – at least in successive row here, they've made quite a few good ones. But where do you think that is all of a – where does that come from all of a sudden? Because we haven't necessarily seen that over the last few seasons, but they obviously got this one right.
1: Well, I, you know what? I think they've done actually – Like, and I'm a critic of Pax lately too especially, but I think he's done a good job – well, Pax is great at is finding really good role guys yeah, to yeah. sign. And and I think like the way he created the bench mob in twenty ten, you know, okay, they didn't get LeBron, they didn't get Dwayne Wade. But then they 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 like I liked Ronnie Brewer. I thought Ronnie Brewer was a really good athletic, defensive-minded player. You know, Kyle Corver was signed then. Um, you know, and and you know, whether it's back in the in uh the oh five, oh six, oh seven bulls when You know, you had a guy like Andres Nocioni, who everyone loved. They've done good jobs of getting those guys. And I think Thaddeus Young, Sadoransky sort of are in the mold. What I want to see, and I alluded to this before, Mark, is if they do get good or if this young core does take a step, I don't want to see a ceiling like the Ben Gordon, Dang, Nocioni, Heinrich Bulls, where, okay, they're a good second round team and that's it. I want to I want to make sure that they have the flexibility and they're going to take a chance of either trading for somebody or then they're going to go out and at least get the big fish, whoever that guy is. And that's what Waddle and I always talk about. Who's the next guy? Because in the NBA today, you can never predict who it's going to be. But I can guarantee you that every six months there's going to be another guy that you didn't expect who's going to become available because he's just not happy Or he wants out and these guys now have so much pull that they're able to get out so whoever that guy is um whether it's Giannis in a couple of years or somebody the bulls have to be ready to pounce and that's the area mark where the this management
0: has not been able to succeed yeah I'm I'm glad you brought up Giannis because I think that is clearly the name and the way they've structured their contracts around these these players that they've brought in in the off season, it, it makes it seem like the team is sort of gearing up for 2021, where they are potentially going to have a run at Giannis. And obviously that depends on if he, if he is a free agent, he could obviously sign an extension with the Bucks, but we'll wait and see. But I think Giannis is the name that makes most sense. And yeah, it, it hopefully the Bulls can put together a nice, decent run here over the next couple of years where they can maybe entice a player like Giannis or whatever it might be through free agency and allow the team to clear the hurdle, which they haven't been able to do before in terms of signing that huge name. (laughs) He is the one. He he is the name. But I guess before we get there, the, the main free agency sneaky candidate the Bulls may have is Otto Porter Jr., who has the ability to opt out this season, which is an underrated talking point. I think it'll pick up steam. As the season goes along, but he can opt out of his deal and sign a new one, which may complicate that run for Giannis. So, a bit of a prediction here. But do you think Otto Porter maybe opts out of his deal, tries to sign a new four or five year deal, depending if that's with the the Bulls or maybe even another team? Do you think that's in play? Yeah, it
1: depends. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting because it was on paper a really good a really good trade. But I mean, do you really want Otto Porter? It's it's sort of like the the debate that I've had with myself is do you really want Otto Porter to take up that much of the cap? And I don't know how you feel about it, but you know, again, whatever it takes to just not build the really good try hard bulls again, that we're all proud of, but they're short a guy and and they, then they can never get a guy, whether, you know, it's, Oh, well, we don't have enough cap room or, Oh, we didn't know that the cap was going to change. Oh, we didn't know that that rule existed. So you know i'm i'm not sure he's a, you know i like him because he can shoot like you said he can spread the floor really good defensive player and i think he's one of these guys who is a low maintenance player um but i don't know if i love love that idea about committing so much long-term to him you do obviously it sounds like
0: no well, no i'm not i'm not 100 sure because uh, I, I think it depends on what they want to do with marketing because he'll be coming up for an extension not now but maybe next off season so that's going to be critical this team could get expensive pretty pretty fast because they've got marketing right. they'll have to think about wendell carter thereafter but if like we just spoke about Giannis, i'll have to obviously leave an amount there open for Giannis, and they can do that by getting rid of Thad Young, Sadaransky and clearing that space, but if you bring back Otto Porter for twenty five million a year or whatever that number might be, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So I'm I'm kind of on the fence on it, but it, I think it's something a storyline that's going to pick up some steam towards the uh the back end of the season. Obviously, it depends if he stays healthy or not i mean if he's if he's injured for a good part of the season which hopefully he's not because the bulls don't really have a a replacement for him then he probably opts into the deal but if he has himself a damn good season then he probably opts out so it's going to be an interesting one it's one that's going to maybe dictate where the bulls sort of position themselves over the next few years so yeah i think it's going to be an interesting talking point as we move forward but the last question that I, i that i had for you so before i let you go mate is around the team I guess being very clear that playoffs is the goal, I've got my own views on that. It's, the goal has been clearly set by the coaching staff, by the players, and of course, management too. They're, they've made it very clear that playoffs is the goal, and I guess that's much easier for fans like, like myself and even broadcasters like yourself as well to hold this team to account for those playoff goals. But uh, let me ask you this two-part question. Firstly, do you think the Bulls will achieve their goals by reaching the postseason? And if that doesn't occur, do you really believe that there will be any level of accountability should they fall short?
1: Oh, it's a good question because I, I, ha- I don't have them in the playoffs. I still think, Mark, you can have a really successful year and not make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. if, you improve, if you improve by 15 games and guys like Mark and is like we talked about, got really good, and Wendell got good and, and and Kobe White had a great rookie year and Zach had a good year. I mean, there's still ju- the East is an interesting it's an interesting conference with some up and coming teams like does Orlando make the playoffs? Does Atlanta make the playoffs? Um does Toronto stay in the playoffs? Who who are the Bulls replacing from the postseason uh from last year? So, I I'm not ruling out I will not sit here and bang my fist on the table and say the Bulls will not make the playoffs i can't do that i mean there's always hope scott scouse's team back in the day surprised us all the year that they got really good and they got into the playoffs and they lost to washington in the first round that was the beginning of a nice little run by that that try hard team but i i've got them at like 37 wins what is that improving by 15 or 16 games something like that
0: yeah 15 games
1: yeah and just falling short um I know Waddle's got them in. I know that Fred continues to say that they're in. (laughs) It sounds like you're it sounds like you 've got them in
0: no actually um, i i don 't know if it's a namesake thing or anything like that, but i 'm pretty much aligned with you, where I think they don 't need to make the playoffs I actually think they 're jumping a step maybe if they 're talking playoffs so soon. I actually think and i 've predicted on here that they will win thirty six games so pretty close to what you 've sort of said, and if they were able to do that and the younger players show the growth that you sort of just described, then I think exactly like you said it can still be deemed. A successful season but I just wonder if the narrative will turn ugly if they do miss the playoffs because uh, I guess there is some uh, contention uh, between management and a whole bunch of people, fans, fans, media whole, everyone really so I just yeah, wonder I- if the narrative just sort of shifts to uh, maybe a more negative tone at the end of the season if they were to just narrowly miss out on the playoffs given that that was the said goal but um, to your point I think it's, it can still be deemed a good one
1: I think for sure that's the like I I I know ownership wants wants people in the seats for the playoffs. I think that's sort of been the goal here, like yeah. you just said. I mean, they all they all want that's what they want. They want to be in the in the postseason. So, and it'll be interesting to see if this team is achieving and what they do around the trade deadline. How creative do they get? And again, do you don't screw your future, big picture wise? Because my goal is always about getting this seventh banner up on the in the rafters so w- while you want to get into the postseason grow the team the way this team needs to grow to be the best possible future in the next five years
0: i think everyone agrees with that but at the same time i just want some positive basketball in May- march and april that would be nice i think uh, we yeah, have had I'll- that for a while so uh, the last the last few years the season's been over by january i mean so if we can just have some competitive basketball in march and april that would be nice even if it doesn't necessarily end in a playoff result
1: Yeah, I'm with you. You're right. We were joking today. The Billboard campaign, I said, should be watchables. Because, (laughs) you know, just put that up uh, with the Bulls logo, watchables. Because they're watchable again. Yes, And that's what I think. I think that's what you hit on. I mean, um, you know, there were some good games when Zach Levine would go crazy last year or the run in February, like we talked about with, with Lowry. But I think that's the thing. I think in March and April, we will be watching... You know, a team that instead of benching guys because they're trying to get a better draft pick that ever, hopefully they'll be healthy and hopefully they'll be growing and, and we'll be watching good competitive basketball.
0: Yeah, for sure. That is the that is the uh, the hope, I suppose. Fingers crossed, and and look for everyone involved, Bulls fans alike. That's what we want to see this season. But uh, Sylvie, I appreciate you making some time here, mate, and jumping on the podcast again. You've been more than generous. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, maybe you can tell the people where they can follow you online before you get away. I'm sure they already already know anyway, but uh, maybe you can re- reiterate that.
1: Yeah. So uh, you could follow me on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie Uh, I'm on Instagram now at Mark, M-A-R-C, middle initial A, Silverman, and of course our show Waddle and Sylvie every day on ESPN 1000, Monday through Friday. You can listen on the ESPN app, you can listen on TuneIn, you know, if you're in Chicago on AM 1000, so lots of places to get some fun and, you know, just like you, very passionate about my Bulls team.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you're like me in another country, you can sign up on the podcast as well and you know, get the content through that as well. So that's definitely an option uh, for, for Bulls fans as well. I've got a lot of international listeners. So if they want to tune into the Waddle and Sylvie show as well, they can do, throw, do so through the podcast as well. So Sylvie, I appreciate it. Uh, you coming on, mate. Thanks again.
1: Yeah. Keep up the great work, Mark. We'll talk uh, online. Thanks.
0: All right, Bulls fans, so that just about does it for this episode of Bulls HQ. Hopefully, you enjoyed it, and thanks again to Sylvie for making some time to jump on this humble little podcast. He obviously doesn't need to do that, but uh, I do appreciate him making some time for us to talk Bulls. So, hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. Before I get out, let me just say you can follow me online, as always, at MK Hoops. Follow the show on Twitter as well at Bulls HQ Pod, Send me an email if you like, BullsHQ at gmail.com if you want to be part of the Discord forum that I've been spamming over the last few weeks. And I, def- I definitely want you to be part of that as we move into the regular season. I want to get this conversation going. There's almost 70 Bulls fans up in that Discord forum talking Bulls all day, all night. So if you want to be part of it, hit me up on the email and I'll send you a link. So do that. But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. The regular season is just here, thankfully. We're about to hit the the 2019-20 season and hopefully it's a good one for us Bulls fans. We definitely deserve it. So I'll be back probably later in this week to recap the first game of the season. I'm hoping it's going to be a win. It's a good opportunity for the Bulls to get off to a nice start with a game against the Charlotte Hornets up first. It's a good opportunity to hit the ground running onto this new season. And the Bulls do have a bit of a cupcake schedule in the opening couple months of the season. So it's pretty important for them to to rack up those wins now whilst they can because the back end of this season is going to be tough so we'll be back at the back end of this week Bulls fans be on the lookout for the podcast in all the usual spots I appreciate you tuning into this one speak soon